Thank you to our virtual audience. To those of you that are in person here at the church, thank you so much. Can't tell you how much it has done, how encouraging it is to see you in the place. It has been 18 months since March 17th. It's when we went to virtual only. The pandemic has been around for 20 plus months. And many things have changed. Many people are saddened because they've lost loved ones. Many perhaps have lost their jobs never to return. But what has not changed is the mercy of God. That's right. What has not changed is that Jehovah who's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So do me a favor, a huge favor, if you don't mind, just stand to your feet as we remain standing for the reading of God's word and give God a hand of praise for the fact that he has not changed. Ooh, that's right. This morning we invite you to the gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark, chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. On next week, we are going to begin a brand new series that is simply entitled, Just One Word. And what God has instructed me to do is to concentrate as we simplify our attention on a word for the week. And every week, I'm asking God to Give us a word. The subject beginning next week will consist of just one word. And that will be the word for the week. And in preparation for that, God gave me this message. And I must confess to you, I have been waiting to preach this message for a while. Amen. And God says in order to get to the point where we can even wrap our minds around just one word. There's some things in our lives we need to simplify. Some things in our life we need to get rid of. Uh, there's some stuff clogging up our spiritual arteries. Uh, not allowing us to enjoy the anointing and the blessings of God in our life. And so this first Sunday in September... The year 2021's message is for that. And I pray that it blesses you in a way. And I, I will confess that God said to me, now before you can preach this to anyone else, you need to digest it for yourself and apply it to your own life. So I want you to know <laughs> that I've tasted the cooking. And it's a poor cook, Gwen, that don't eat their own food. <laughs> it does. Amen. And God says, you need to, you need to eat this first. Uh, and before you can minister to others, let me minister to you. And hopefully you would understand it as we share the subject and get into God's word. The gospel that is recorded by St. Mark, chapter number eight, beginning at verse 22. Thank you to our youth and children's ministry. Of the month of August, very special thank you to Elder Daryl Brown 
Jr. from Prince Frederick, Maryland. Amen. Thank you for your prayers for my son and his wife, Courtney, and their family. I announced to you last week that the family uh, has been attacked or, or had suffered or dealt with a COVID in their household. Uh, and God is blessed. My daughter, Courtney, suffers from a comorbidity, and we were very concerned. Amen. Very concerned. Uh, but God came through. Amen. And God is coming through. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, but God, but God, but God, man. Mark chapter 8, verse 22, concluding at verse 26. When they arrive at Bethsaida, some people brought, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. And they begged Jesus to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? Listen to verse 24. The man looked around and said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. That's a message all by itself. I see people, <laughs> but I can't see them as they really are. Can't see them clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored. And here's where the subject is found. And he could see everything. Somebody shout clearly. Clearly. And verse 26 is so important. Jesus said sent him away saying now don't go back into the village on your way home and we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I see people but I can't seem to see them clearly <laughs> In other words, I think they are one way, but they may be a total different way. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody now. And then his sight was completely restored, and he could finally see everything clearly. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject, from clutter to clarity. Somebody just help me say from clutter to clarity. I hope the word of God blesses you this morning. Listen, it is said that there aren't very many things in life that hinders one's productivity like that of clutter. 
Somebody help me say clutter, clutter. Be it physical clutter, emotional clutter, or spiritual clutter. And I should add perhaps relationship clutter. Too many wrong people in your life. Clutter is something. And, I, and, and let me preface this. I said to the congregation this morning at 8, I, I will preface this by saying I am probably the most adverse person to clutter you would find. My mother did a job on me. I mean, I won't lay a sock on the floor. I won't leave anything under the bed. I won't leave anything. I, she just, she installed in us I guess all of us, right, Mom? Some got it more than others. About the importance of cleaning up behind. Y'all heard that before? Yeah. Yourself. So as long as my wife and I have been married 40 years, she, she said the other day, never once have I left a pair of shoes on the floor. Cuff. <laughs> I did hang up my clothes. Just My mom, Deacon Moore, did a job on me on you got to clean up behind yourself. In other words, watch clutter. Clutter defined in Merriam-Webster's dictionary as to, listen to this, to fill or cover with scattered or disordered things, not just things, disordered <laughs> Things that impede movement or reduce effectiveness. Clutter is that stuff that stops you from progressing or moving more swiftly or conveniently where you ought to go because too much stuff is in the way. A whole lot of people have clutter. And what I've discovered, <laughs> and I've been around, I ran a business for 20 years. There was one time in my life I had three or four offices at the same time. And so I just picked up a lot of human interest observation. What I found is that people would tell you when you ask them, why you got all this stuff in your office? Why all this stuff? They say, oh, it's so-and-so stuff. Whole lot of us carry not only our junk. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> but we got other people's stuff in our life. Can I preach? Another interesting definition for clutter is this. Untidy, but here's the one I like that I bold face. Messy. Y'all know some people like that, don't you? That's just messy. Always starting something. Always sharing something. Always bringing something to somebody. Some people are just downright. Yes, yeah, please say it again. Y'all have the preacher preach. Somebody just shout, messy. Just messy. Listen, 
An anthologist, which simply means the collection of writings and poetic sayings, by the name of Eleanor Brown, who's also an author, writes this, and I love this quote, clutter is not just physical stuff, it's old ideas, <laughs> toxic relationships, I want to say that again, toxic relationships, bad habits. Listen to this. Listen to what Eleanor Brown, the anthologist and author says. Clutter is anything that does not support your better self. Woo! I can have the altar call right now. <laughs> if it works against you becoming better, you don't need it in your life. If it stops you from getting where God wants you to go, it's clutter and you don't need it in your life. Listen, not only can clutter cause us to stumble and fall because of stuff we left in our pathway. A whole lot of you do that. And, and what gets me if I've seen people trip over the same stuff over and over again. And Dr. Cheryl, they would rather fall than move stuff. And so clutter can cause you to stumble and fall. But it also can cause us not to clearly see the blessings that are right there in front of us that God has prepared for us. The reason why some of you don't know how blessed you are is because there are too many things impeding your vision of what God has for you. You can't see the blessing from the trees. You can't see the blessing from seeing all the other stuff around you. And God says beyond your bad attitude and your worst disposition, God has a blessing with your name on it. And if you just learn how to get rid of all the messy stuff out of your life, God can bless you. Listen, clutter prevents clarity, which can lead to one becoming disoriented and confused. Whole lot of people are confused simply because of the clutter. But they, they don't know where things are. Oh, I know I left it here and somewhere. I, just give me a minute. I'll find it. And you got to go through all kinds of junk just to find what you ought to be able to put your hands on. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just simply saying that God said there's some blessings I have for you that you've got stuff impeding or standing in the way. And the reason you are confused because you're entertaining too much stuff in your mind. I, I'm not even talking about physical clutter. I'm just talking about emotional and spiritual things that you're carrying 
in your mind. And the reason you can't bless the Lord at all times, because when you get up in the morning, first thing you think about is what somebody did to you yesterday and what they may be planning for you today or how bad it's going to be or what I don't have right going on in my life. And if you learn how to get rid of all the things, let me confess in my life, there have been times in my life that I realize that I'm carrying too many emotional burdens of other people and I can't enjoy what God has for me because my arteries are clogged up with clutter from stuff other people put on you. If you don't watch it, people will dump their trash on you. Preach Pastor Jackson. They'll leave their garbage at your house and they'll dump it on you. And you're wondering why you can't enjoy the blessings of the Lord. It is because you wake up in the morning with clogged spiritual arteries, emotional arteries where you can't get the anointing that ought to be flowing to you because something is in the way. Who am I preaching to on this Sunday morning, God says we're going to remove the boxes. We're going to remove the junk. We're going to get rid of it. In fact, we're going to have a garage sale. And here's what I told the church this morning. What you don't sell, give away. And what you don't give away, burn. But whatever you do, don't bring it back with you. Because God is getting ready to help you get free. This I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I am preaching to someone right now that God says, I'm going to set you free this first Sunday in September. Is there anyone want to have a moving out sale with me? Baby, I'm, I'm not moving, but the jump is moving out. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Y'all got to take, take a few seconds to give God a praise. Listen, let, let me, before I get to the text, leave you with another wonderful quote that I found. A person by the name of Judith Orloff, who is a trained American board certified psychiatrist and an author. She wrote something that really moved me. And she said, as it relates to clutter, listen to this. It's on the board. You ought to take a, a shot at this. You ought, to, you ought to get this. It says, remove the emotional and physical clutter from your life so that you can soar. Perhaps the reason why some of us still stuck in the gutter, ah, because we've got too many things holding us down in our life. There comes a time in your life where even your grown children ought to be able to do for themselves. There comes a time in your life where you're not to carry the family burden. Because let me tell you, you will carry it to your grave and troubled people who were troubled before will still be troubled after you are dead and gone and you've worried your way all the way to an early grave. It's time to let some things go. It's time to get rid of, who am I preaching to? Is there anybody right now know that there's something in your life you want to turn loose right now so that God can use you? Clap those hands and give God your best 
praise. Come on, give God. In, in, in fact, that's right. Stand to your feet for just 10 seconds. If, if, if you're ready to put some things out. Amen. Whew. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Oh, I, I'll get to that when I get into my message. But once you've put it out, don't go get it back. And don't worry about who else has it. If you put it out there and it was broke when you put it out there, and if they take it off your corner knowing it's broke, that's their business if they end up with your broke problem. But at least you don't have it anymore. Can somebody know that God has set you free and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Look at the text. This very unique gospel narrative. It talks about someone whose life was transformed from clutter to clarity. This text is a story about a blind man that was brought to Jesus by his friends seeking a miracle on his behalf. It is unique in at least two ways. One, it is only recorded in Mark's gospel account. So that means Peter, who was the inspiration behind Mark's writings, uh, was the only one who picked up on this miracle. Mark's gospel. It is also unique in that it is the only miracle that we have found that was done through a gradual process. Usually the miracles of Jesus, he touched and they were healed. He spoke and they were delivered. He said, go, and they went, and as they went, they were healed right away. But this miracle happens uh, on a gradual process. I submit to you that there's perhaps a reason why that is important. The text tells us that Jesus, having had this man brought to him by some friends uh, to heal him, personally escorts this blind man out of the village. Now, they were in the village. He had been there for a while. Everybody knew him in the village as the blind man. Jesus takes him away from the village, away from the crowd. Certainly not because Jesus was adverse to crowds. Many of his miracles he did in a crowd. It was the woman with the issue of blood who was delivered in a crowd. Blind Bartimaeus received his sight on a Jericho road crowded with travelers. So Jesus had no problems with the crowd, but not for this man. I'm going somewhere. Uh, and so Jesus takes him out of the village, takes him away from the crowd. And then Jesus does something very unique that is quite honestly unexplainable. No one knows why he did this. There are a whole lot of pseudo or fake deep people that tries to come up with some theological reason why Jesus spit in the man's eyes. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us and nobody actually knows, but he does. He spits and he lays his hands on the man's eyes. 
when Jesus touched the blind man, look at what the text says. The text says that he could see a little bit, but not clearly. And I'm here to tell you, someone reminded me this morning, uh, that a little disorient is still a problem. The whole lot of you can see just a little bit, which means you see enough to be dangerous. You don't want to get in a car and drive out of town with somebody. You say, how do you see? I can see a little bit. How's your vision? It is pretty good. No, baby, you go in the back seat. Let me ride with somebody who can see a whole lot better than a little bit. Because just seeing a little bit means you still cannot see somebody shout clearly. Uh, so he touches the man for the first time. And the man sees just a little bit. There is no theological explanation why Jesus did it this way. Don't let any theologian or any self-appointed theologian try to tell you they know they don't know. Because the scripture doesn't tell us. Uh, and here's what the man says. Because you can only see a little bit. I see people, but I can't see people clearly. Uh, pause right there for a moment. Because you really have clutter still in your life. You see, and you may see a little better than you were when you were totally blind, but you still can't see good enough. Amen. I see people, but I don't see them clearly. In other words, I see people walking around and I think that they are people, but they look like trees. Could be trees, could be people. Could be genuine, could not be genuine. Could love me, could not love me. Could be good for me, could not be good for me. Could make a good husband or wife, but may not. I don't do it. If you can't see it, clearly don't make the commitment to it. And so he says, I see people, but I can't see people clearly. And when you don't see things clearly, you still make mistakes. Verse 25 says, then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. Ooh, somebody say a second touch. Remember, nobody was around. No crowd was around. This was just whoo, Jesus and this blind man. This is why I love this text because Jesus didn't do this to impress the crowd. It, Jesus says, I want to really help you out. Your faith is better than what it was. It allows you to see a little better than what you once did, but you're still not there yet. Some people, the worst thing that can happen for some people is to have a little bit of anointing. 
preach, Pastor Jackson. Pastor Mac, that's messed them up because somebody told them, you know, you're pretty good. You give a good little testimony. You might make a good preacher. And then you go print up some business cards and call yourself a bishop. The worst thing you can have is a little bit of noise. You aren't there yet. Some of us, Deacon Al, as Bishop Jackson would say, stay put until you get the full touch of the Holy Spirit in your life. How many of you know that you need it all? You need the second touch and the third touch and the fourth touch and the fifth touch. You need every touch in your life. Somebody jump up right now and say, I need it all. Listen, listen, I'm almost done. So he touched him woo, for a second time. And the sight was completely restored. And here's what the text says. And now he could see everything clearly. If you really want to know who your friends are, you get rid of the clutter that's in your life. If you really want to know who's right for you, if you really want to know who your prayer partners ought to be, if you really want to know who you can trust with confidential information about your life, you get rid of the clutter. Because when you can only see a little bit, people will mislead you. They look like trees, but they're not really trees. They look like you can trust them, but you can't really trust them. But when you get, when God gives you clarity and God removes all of the obstacles around your life, you can be what God has called you to be. Is there anybody know that God's got a mission for you? God's got a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. Anyone know that God's got something for you? Look at what he writes in Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans of good and not for disaster. To give you a future and to give you hope. But how can you get to it if you keep stumbling over stuff that you leave in your way? How can you get to it when you end up with the same kind of relationship over and over again? And things that have been in your way for months and years, as opposed to moving it, you are tripping over it. God says there needs to be clarity in our life. And then, here's the last thing in verse 26. So he touches him for the second time. Now the man can see clearly. But look at the instructions of Jesus. He says, now go away. And on your way home, don't return to that village that I took you out of. In order to heal you. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Yeah, 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 I, I've got to go, but I'm preaching to somebody. I've made a way out of your life. I've brought you out uh, and I've set you free. 
And now that I've set you free, the worst thing you can do. Listen to what the text at verse 26 says. This, the village was not his home. Because the text says, on your way home, don't go back to the village. A whole lot of us are stuck in villages that are not our home. We're stuck in places that God has not intended it to be for us in our life. But God says, once I've set you free, whoo, once I've given you clear vision, once you've removed the clutter out of your life, don't put it back. See, a whole lot of people, here's the problem. And here's, and here's what people who study human behavior would tell you. People with clutter issues, they will find a way to make new clutter even after they... You ever seen people clean up their whole thing and then you go back a year later, you go, where did this come from? <laughs> Why? Because they have a comfort zone in the midst of clutter. Why? It's not helpful, but it's comfortable. It is not useful, but it's comfortable. And God says, when I clean you up and when I move some stuff out of your life, I'm going to cause friction. And it may be uncomfortable for a while, but I'm setting you up for a blessing. And because you have been so used to having that in your life, you're going to feel somewhat different when it's not there. But don't be afraid because God is getting ready to do a new thing in your life. And when God does a new thing in your life, you don't need what used to be there. Anybody's ready for God to do a new thing in your life? It's going to be uncomfortable, but that's all right. It's necessary. Friction, smooth, rough edges. God says, I'll make it better. And yes, because you have had it around you so long. You've been so codependent on these people in your life. Although they meant you no good and all they hurt your independence and your ability to ascend to another level. When they're gone, the enemy is going to say, now you're worse off. But I stop by to tell somebody the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. God says, I'm moving it for a purpose. Listen, as we prepare to conclude this message today, there are three key takeaways that I want to leave you with, that I want you to take with you as you leave today. Three key important takeaways as it relates to this message. Number one is this. Clarity, and I've said it throughout this message, is very important to our natural as well as to our spiritual and I would add your emotional success. You, you won't ever be able to enjoy success where there is no clarity. Ooh, I've learned this the hard way. I've learned the hard way that I, I hurt the anointing that's on my life when I'm so burdened down with things that prevent me. Oh, mother from going before God's throne and seeking God in a clear way. Ooh, it's necessary.
tell someone it's necessary. Second key takeaway from this message today. It is so important. In order to enjoy true clarity in our lives, we must eliminate the clutter which causes us to become disoriented and cause us to perhaps miss our blessings. Why am I not there yet? God says, because too many things you put in your pathway is blocking you, obstructing you from getting to where God wants you to be. Ooh, I'm some things God moved for a purpose. Some people are in your life for a reason. Others are in your life for a season. And what I've discovered even the hard way is that sometimes when God forces a move. Who, who am I preaching to? When God forces a shift. Uh, we don't understand that. But God says, I did it so that you can grow. I love Isaiah 6. For Isaiah the prophet says, and in the year that my cousin, King Uzziah, died, I saw the Lord. (laughs) I couldn't see it out because my iconic cousin was blocking my vision. I looked more at Uzziah than I did Jehovah. Ah, thank you, Lord. And God had to remove an iconic figure from my life, Isaiah says, so that I can see the Lord. When God eliminates some things from your life, uh, it may be sad for a moment, but don't doubt God. Because God's got a plan for your success. And God says, you can't get there. When you are still being obstructed by clutter. And here's the third and the final takeaway as you rest upon your feet. This one is so important. Look at this. I'm leaving it on the board. I want you to get it. Write it. Take a picture of it. Because this is for someone this week. When, and I should have added, when by the help of God, we have eliminated clutter from our lives. It is so important that we do not return. Listen to this. Look at it. Look at this. To the things, to the places, and to the people that the clutter originated from. A cause the clutter. Whew. There's a reason God said to this man, go home, but don't go back through the village where everybody there knows you as the blind man. <laughs> because you're not that man. Ah, ah. Ah. You, are, you are not that person anymore. <laughs> I once was blind. But now I see. I was what? But now I'm foul. I'm not that person anymore. (laughs) Tell somebody I'm not that person anymore. (laughs) Uh, Folk will ask you, why don't you hang out with us? Why aren't you 
coming to lunch with us anymore. I'm not that person anymore. Uh, why you don't you don't go out with us? Why you think you're better than no? I'm, I'm not better than you. I'm just different than what I've been before. I'm preaching to somebody right now that God is challenging you. I've done this for you. And because I've done this for you, don't go back to where you used to be. Because if you do, you would never enjoy the presence of the Lord. And why you can enjoy the presence of the Lord is because you've removed the clutter from your life. Is there anyone here today that just want to bathe, just want to be blessed in the presence of God? And when you're walking in the presence of the Lord, that other stuff does not matter. And things that stood in your way are not there anymore. Listen, the house may be empty, but your hearts are full. <laughs> uh, you may not have as much stuff as what you used to have, but you know what? You didn't need it. Anyhow. Woo. And God clears the way so you can get, listen to this, better stuff. <laughs> God says, I got rid of the old stuff so you can get better stuff. Because here's what I've discovered you don't get rid of something that was old and broken now to go back and get something that was just as old and just as broke. Am I right about it? If you want God to do something better in your life, you've got to remove the obstacles that were in your life. The altar is open. The numbers and the contact information, they're on the screen. And I'm hearing God says as we prepare for this end of service experience, there is something about the presence of God that we can enjoy when we freed ourselves from those things that have blocked us from all that God has called us to be. Something about freeing yourself. Something about seeing, even seeing people for who they really are. Ooh, I, there are a whole lot of, of us are seeing people for the first time for who they really are. It's not because they've changed it's because God has given you clarity. Ooh, <laughs> clarity. And you've got joy and peace even if you have fewer people in your life. Even if you have less stuff in your life, there's joy, there's clarity. And I submit to you that someone this week will have the best week of your life. Because starting today, you're going through your mind, you're going through your spirit, and you are eliminating all of those obstacles whew, that just clogged your anointing for getting what God has. Donna Lawrence, Tri-City Singers, says, do you know what it is 
can I tell you how it is? Oh, to know how it feels to be in the presence of a king. Sweet presence. God's presence. Experience the fullness of joy. Bathe in his presence. This is what I like. It's an honor and a privilege to be in the presence of a king. But you can't do it with all your clutter. You can't do it bringing all your junk. Guess what? The king doesn't need your junk. The king doesn't need your old boxes full of stuff that should have been discarded a long time ago. Free your mind. Free your spirit. And walk in the presence of the Lord. Janelle Mitchell, praise and worship team, come right now. Listen. Do you know a sacred song? What it is? Maybe there's someone who's praying for someone Can else. Uh, keep your mask on. Uh, and if you feel led to come to the altar, if not, we understand. How it feels to be in the presence of the what I want to experience. God is speaking to someone to right now. The presence yeah, yeah. of the King. Sweet Someone leave your burdens right here. God says, unburden yourself. God wants to help you unburden yourself right now. Lord, I need clarity. I need clarity, Lord. Be in the presence of the
Thank you, Lord. It's an Come on. Over. Oh, it's a to be in the presence. What an honor. Come on. Oh, What an honor. Come on. What an honor. Oh, and there's a privilege to be in the presence. Say it again, Janelle. What an honor. Such an honor. Oh, and to be in the presence. Such an honor. Come on. Again, what an honor! Oh, what an honor! Oh, that's what it's a privilege to be in the presence. Oh, Lord. Listen. <laughs> Y'all, excuse me. <laughs> this was for me because there's some things I did not want to let go. And God says, as long as you are concentrating on that, you can't see clearly the vision I have for you. And I said, Lord, I'm ready to let it go. And when you let it go, verse 25 says, his sight was completely restored. Ah, ah. And here's the part I like. And he could see everything clearly. His sight was completely restored. And now, Lord, and now, Lord, I can see everything clearly. What an honor. those eyes <laughs> you know what God told me mother Jackson God says not only will I be all right but they will be all right <laughs> because there, there's some people that I thought I had to I, I just I leave it there just I, I, I just felt if if I'm not there it won't get done I've got to carry the burden of the ministry. I've got to carry the burden of the future. Sal, I have been so... I've been... Can I, can I testify? Y'all excuse me. I've been so burdened in my spirit. 
Oh Lord, where would we be in the next 20 years? And am I doing the right thing? I know we've paid off the debt and we're about to break ground on four projects, but Lord, maybe I've messed it up. Maybe I've ruined the anointing that was given to me. Because so many voices were in my head. So many things tried to steal my joy. Until God said to me, son, you got to let it go. And I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I had to just let it go. And when I let it go, God says, I'll show you something clearly now. That it would be all right. It's an honor. Come on, it's. Come on, somebody. such an honor. Lord, help me get rid of the burden. To be in the presence of the King. Here's what God said to me. Uh, God said this to me, Deacon Moore. God said this to me, Deacon Parker. God says, for 25 years I've led you. I've called you to do what you're going to do. It's not up to you to make sure that the people who carried on for the next 25 years do that. God, I have to do that through them. <laughs> and they have to be willing to do what God has called them to do so I can see clearly now close those eyes thank you Deacon Simmons thank you and others thank you Deacon Wilson thank you folk who have who've been there right along encouraging us because eye has not seen no ear heard what God has in store for those who trust him Eternal Father, we thank you. God, we bless you. Thank you, Lord. I can see clearly now. I've realized, Lord, that there have been things in my life that I thought were necessary, but you've reminded me it was clutter. There have been things that have prevented the next level of anointing and it has been clutter and now that the clutter is being removed God says I can do something in your life some of you can I, can I prophesize there are four more months in this year I'm hearing God says these four months are going to be the best four months in somebody's life starting today you receive it if you want to but God says starting today these four months will usher in something so dynamic that no devil from hell can stop what God is and what God has prepared Lord we thank you it's in your name we pray and everybody that loved the Lord said amen. Amen. To those of you that are here and you want to commit your life to the Lord, the elders are in the back. If you want special prayer, if you want to join the church, come on, just see someone in the back. To those of you that are joining us virtually, contact numbers are on the screen right there. Uh, come on. It's an honor. It's an honor. 
as we prepare for Holy Communion, just before we do, I, here's what I want. I want to say a very special thank you to all of you that have taken a part, taken part in our vision offering. I need you to listen very carefully to what God has instructed me. Today begins the final four months of this year. And God simply spoke to me over the last several days and says, finish strong. Amen. I need everyone who to recommit to that $7 a week because God has blessed in a special way. When you see what we are going to roll out, when you see what we're going to do, the ground will be broken in 2021 of special projects that no one could even imagine. But it is because of your faithfulness. God has given us a very simplistic plan, $7 from everyone once a week. I told the church this morning, that's one drive-through restaurant a week, one drive-through fast food place. Set it aside. If you have, thank you. Continue to do it. If perhaps you've gotten a little slack, double up your efforts. And here's what you ask. Has God been good enough to you that you can support the vision of the Lord? And to do that, take seven from your tithe is really robbing God. Amen. But to set that aside, seven dollars a week, that sacred number for the vision that God has God would do some extraordinary things as we end this year make no mistake about it I am optimistic about the future I am optimistic about what God is going to do and when you see it you would say only God could have done what he is doing Thank you. To those of you that are viewing virtually, thank you. To those of you that have sent in your offerings, thank you from all over the country, all over the world. Thank you. Amen. Because I believe that God will remember when others have forgotten. As you stand to your feet, Pastor Mac will come now and prepare us for our holy communion service. prepare to enter to our holy communion service to those of you at home if you wouldn't mind standing in reverence of our holy communion if you can if you're in a position where you can stand our scripture says for I receive of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the lord's death till he come wherefore whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. 
But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drank it unworthily, eateth and drank it damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. As we prepare to enter into our holy communion, amen, we thank God so much for the sacraments that we have. And the scripture says, on the same night in which he was betrayed, Jesus said to his disciple, take, eat, this is my body which has been broken for you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which has been shared. For as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Let us commune. Amen. We thank God so much for our wonderful service. Amen. Our message from our pastor. Give God a hand. Amen. For such an awesome word from God. Amen. From clutter to clarity. Don't forget about our service on Sunday as we go into a 10-week series, a one-word series. Our pastor is starting on Sunday, starting at 8 o'clock and they had our 11 o'clock service with uplifted hands father we thank you so much for our worship service god we thank you for the word of god now god we ask that you dismiss us from this place never from your presence let us find peace as we return to our destinations in jesus name we pray all of god's children said amen and amen thank you god bless you We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.